Amen. You may be seated. Our preacher for this weekend is Pastor Larry Arville, pastor of the Park City Baptist Church in uh, Surrey, British Columbia for 30 years. Before that, he served on staff at Heritage Baptist Church in Barrie, Ontario. I learned an interesting story last night, Brother Strack, and you'll want to hear about this and connect with Brother Arville after. Uh, years ago, when they lived on the East Coast as a child, he was talking to his brother this week. And uh, he said he was preaching at Bethel. And he said, well, who was the pastor there in the early 90s? He said, Dr. Harry Strachan. He says his father lived with our family on the East Coast, Joe Strachan. And so his father and your grandfather used to preach together to the shantymen out there on the East Coast. And so they got some stories they'd probably like to share with you and connect some, some dots there and get some of those things taken care of. But he actually, Joe Strachan lived in their home before, just before you were born, I guess. Uh, his older brother remembers him. And so that's quite a, quite a connection and quite a coincidence. But we thank the Lord for faithful servants of the gospel. Brother Arbo, you come and preach to us from the word of God this morning. this morning please and turn to the book of Revelation Revelation in chapter number 3 Revelation in chapter number 3 and might I say while we're turning there my heart's been overwhelmed this morning I, uh, I love our country I'm a Canadian through and through I'm a little bit biased I think it's the best country in the world and uh, the hope of our country the hope for our children our grandchildren is a local New Testament Bible believing church very interesting. It says in the book of, uh, in the book of um, Luke in chapter number 7, speaks of the centurion speaking. He says, he loveth our nation and buildeth a synagogue. If we love our nation, we'll build the church. Amen. The church will help. I want to speak about Jesus and the church this morning. And I'll, I realize the time. I realize the length of the service. And so I'll, be, uh, I'll, uh, I'll move along quickly, hopefully not uh, too fast, but I'll move along quickly this morning. Look in your Bibles, please, at uh, verse number 14, chapter number 3. And the Bible says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of, them, out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased in goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich with and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. I want us to look at this verse, this 20th verse, for just a few moments this morning. Let's have a word of prayer. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, this morning we have enjoyed and praised the fact that we know you. God, you are great. God, you are the greatest. God, you are awesome. You are wonderful. And I pray that this morning as we finish out this service and and praise to you that we would honor you. But I pray this morning, dear God, we would take every person in this room, would take something 
from the word of God that would be helpful and strengthening to them that they could use to help someone else along life's pathway. But more importantly, Lord, that we would somehow, with what you've given us this morning, we would somehow honor you in the doing. For it's in your name I pray. Amen. This passage of scripture I just read a moment ago is the conclusion to the, uh, the report of the seven churches of the book of Revelation. The report that Jesus gave. Revelation, yes, certainly is a book of prophecy. No question about that. Talks about the last days. And uh, yet, it, 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 Jesus here is, is uh, giving a report on churches. The seven churches. Uh, something that we learn from the word of God that we can use in life, and no matter what walk of life we're in, is you should, listen to this carefully, you should inspect what you expect. Jesus is inspecting the churches, if you will. The Bible says that he, uh, that he takes a look here. He, uh, he uh, is, is checking out these churches. Churches like this one, by the way. Churches that uh, Jesus Christ died for. He walked up and down in the midst of the seven candlesticks, it says, and he, he's in, inspecting these churches. The last of the seven churches is the church of Laodicea. Very important. I want you to look, please, if you still have your, your Bible open. Look at verse number 14, chapter number 3. The Bible says, And unto the angel of the church of, notice that, of the Laodiceans write. I believe we have an every word Bible. Every word is important. I want you to look over at chapter number 3 and verse number 1. It says, And to the angel of the church in Sardis, look, please, at uh, chapter number 3 and verse number 7, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, but over here in verse number 14, it says the church of Laodiceans. What do you mean by that? It means the church, listen carefully, the church has become like the area it's in. That's not supposed to be the case, is it? The church is supposed to change the area it's in. Amen. Now, Jesus was not very complimentary of this church. They become like the community that they, were, they lived in. It was a uh, uh, Laodicean, means, uh, means lay-led church. The seventh church he's speaking about here. Now, this is Jesus talking to a New Testament church. He's not talking to a mosque. He's not talking, rather, about a temple. He's not talking about a synagogue. He's not talking about a religious organization. He's talking about a church, a blood blot church, a church that believes in Jesus Christ, a church that believes in by grace through faith, a church that believes in salvation, a church that believes in heaven, a church that believes in hell. He's talking, that's the kind of church he's talking about here, talking to. Now, of course, in the Word of God, as we read the Word of God, there's only one interpretation to this particular portion of scripture, but there are several applications, and I want to draw some applications or give you some applications this morning. I love the verse. It's been a life verse for me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. I grew up in church. I love the little choruses. I love the hymns. By the way, can I say something about the hymns that you folks sing? I would like to say that I'm, I was a very spiritual person at a young age and just learned a lot from the Bible. But the truth is, much of the doctrine that I hold dear and will fight for today, I learned from the hymns. Amen. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
Onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. You see what I'm saying? We learn a lot from these hymns. Let's not, let's not give them away. Let's not let them get away from us. We learn from them. But here, I, I said all that to say this. I learned a little course in Sunday school. Some of you may know it. Behold, behold, I stand at the door and knock, knock, knock. Behold, behold, I stand at the door and knock, knock, knock. If any man hear my voice, I will come in to him and open, I will open, he will open the door. I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. This morning, let me give you a couple of thoughts about this verse. This statement, behold, I stand at the door and knock, is for everyone that has ever lived. Today, Jesus is standing at your heart's door. You're here this morning. Perhaps you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. He wants into your life this morning. Can I say that? He stands at your heart's door and knocks. He's a gentleman. He will not barge in. I have uh, four grandchildren that live fairly close to me, and when they come over to Grandpa's house, there's uh, the two older ones. They've learned some manners and so on, and they, they will knock very politely on the door. One of the little guys knocks quite softly. I can hardly hear him. The young gal, she knocks a little bit louder. But I, I have a younger grandson named uh, Danny. He's four years of age, and he's just uh, Mr. Excitement, Mr., uh, uh, Mr. Bluster. He's just all over things. And uh, he'll, come, uh, he'll come up to the door, and uh, he'll take his foot, and he'll uh, kick the door, grab the knob, walk in. he say, hi, Grandpa, I'm here. Grandma says, no, you knock before you come in. But Jesus Christ is a gentleman. He knocks at the door. And so this morning, I want to remind you about this. That Jesus Christ is standing at your life's door and is asking if he can come in. You see, everyone understand that you must open the door. There is no such a thing as universal salvation. There is no such a thing as household salvation. I grew up in a preacher's home. That did not make me a Christian. I became a Christian when I bowed the knee and bowed my head and said, Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. I realize that uh, I've sinned against God. And I realize that uh, if I want to go to heaven, I must confess my sins to you and forsake them. And I must invite you into my heart. Dear Lord Jesus, would you please come into my heart, save my soul, help me to live for you all of my days here on earth, and take me to heaven someday. And I received the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no such a thing as ecclesiastical salvation. There is no such a thing as collective salvation. You must open the door. No church can save anyone. You can go to church seven days a week, 365 days a year, and still die and go to a place called hell. You know, most people will go to hell with their religion intact. Religion saves no one. Jesus saves. Amen? And he stands at your heart's door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You don't become a Christian because you believe there is a Jesus. The Bible tells us that even Satan believed and trembled. But you become a Christian when you open your heart's door and invite Jesus Christ in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Would you invite him in today? You must make that decision. That decision is a final decision. You become a Christian when you invite Jesus Christ into your heart. Now, notice something here. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, you know, interestingly enough, you're hearing the voice of Jesus today when we read the scriptures. For example, you hear the voice of Jesus when you hear this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
You're hearing the voice of Jesus when you hear these words, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You're hearing the voice of Jesus when you hear these words, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He's knocking on your heart's door. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. So this, this matter of the knocking at the door is for you this morning who perhaps are without Christ. You've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart. His voice says, whosoever will may come. His voice says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is no other way to heaven. Amen? It's Jesus and Jesus alone. So this statement is for every unsaved person. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But it's also for the church. Amazing. He's talking here as he uh, visits these seven churches and writes the reports of these seven churches. Churches like this one. It's not, as I said, it's not, he's not talking uh, about a mosque. He's not talking about a temple. He's not talking about some religious organization or some para-religious uh, organization. He's talking about the church. Uh, the church that he loved and the church he established. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not a real deep thinker. But when I, hear, uh, when I hear that Jesus is stalking to the church, he's standing at the door knocking, there's something wrong with that picture. The Bible says that Jesus Christ died for the church. Why then, why, answer me, why is he on the outside knocking if he established the church, if he died for the church? There's a reason why, and we, we read it a while ago in our text. I want you to look at it. You see, the church that he loved and established, he's outside the door knocking. Look, please, at verse number 18. Look at verse number 18. The Bible says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed. He speaks here about, I counsel thee to buy gold that's refined in the fire. You know what this speaks of? This gold speaks of the treasure, the value, and the richness of the Word of God, a book we call the Bible. You see, there's a direct correlation between Jesus Christ and the church and the Bible. They're triplets that you cannot separate. Jesus Christ and the church and the Bible. Amen. You see, it's an amazing thing to me as I, as I travel. I mean, I retired in 013, December of 013. And I've had the, the privilege and the honor, and it's been a blessing to me to be able to travel to, to, to churches right across the country, frankly, here in Canada and in the United States and so on. And I'm glad for every Bible-believing church, but preacher, I've learned some things along the way. I don't understand how you can have a church service on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, have, a, I should say, an event. You've got a sign out front that says such and such church, and folks come in and sit down, and there's hymnals there and so on and so forth. And some, uh, someone stands up and uh, um, does some things, and uh, uh, someone makes some announcements and so on. And throughout the service, from beginning to end, they never crack a Bible. I want to say that Jesus Christ is standing outside knocking on the door. Amen. You see, he's, he's, not, he's not, uh, uh, it's, it's not a good report. He's not happy about this at all, and, and he says so. He said to this church, and uh, it's an amazing thing. We can have a wonderful meal last night, but also we came over here, and we had a wonderful time together in fellowship, and a Bible was opened uh, this morning. What a, what, a, what a meeting, and what, a, what an uplifting time. And what an honor to the vets. I must say that I have my father my, uh, and my father's brother and uh, my mother's brother all served in the, uh, in the army. My uh, mother's uh, brother was in the RCAF. 
He used to say to me, he was shot down and he shot down. I didn't understand that as a kid. He explained it to me. I'm actually named after him. But my, um, my father's younger brother, actually, it came out, of course, after a while, he actually lied to get in the army because he wanted to go defend his country. He was over there three months and was killed and buried over there today. I tell you what, folks, I'm glad for heaven. Amen. But the truth is, this morning, Jesus is looking at this church and he's saying, hey, he said, what about my word? What about my word? What about the Bible? No word of God. Every time, every time we assemble as a group of Christians down at the church house, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever other time, there should be a Bible open and there should be some instruction given. Amen. Jesus outside knocking on the door. Something wrong with that picture. But please look on. Look at... uh, Verse number 18 again, he said, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed. And when he speaks of white raiment in the Bible here, it's a picture, I believe, of of salvation. It's a a picture of us being dressed in his robes of righteousness. The song says it. Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless I stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And I want to say this morning that this is, this is a matter of importance, this matter of, of salvation, that the church, hey, a church that talks about Jesus all the time, but never talks about salvation and never gives a gospel to anyone, Jesus is outside knocking, trying to get in. Yeah. Thank God for, for you folks and the, the outreach in this area, and you're, you're out around the area, and as I said last night, you're, you, you, you've sent folks out uh, around the province and around the country and indeed around the world, and God bless you for that, and that's the way it ought to be. A church ceases to exist, as far as the New Testament church is concerned, when it does not reach out. That's why we're here, folks. When you got saved, God did not leave you here to suffer for the rest of your life and then take you to heaven someday. No, he left you here as a mouthpiece, as an ambassador for him. Amen? That's our purpose. That's our reason for living. That's why we're here, to give out the gospel. So behold, I stand at the door and knock. There's something wrong. Jesus standing outside the church door knocking, wanting to get in because because the Bible is not used. His word is not used. Because salvation is not put forth. Salvation is not given. They don't lift him up. They may preach baptism. They may preach catechism. They may preach do-goodism. They may preach church membershipism, but no salvation. No, he stands at the door and knock. By the way, salvation, you know this, salvation and security are twins that cannot be separated. Once saved, always saved. Amen? A garment bought and paid for. It's amazing. We have, of course, we live in a, just next to a large city. We live, our church is in the city of Surrey, and we're right next to Vancouver. And we get a lot of visitors. Every week of the world, preacher, every week of the world, there's visitors come to our church. And it's very interesting that when folks come to town from another part of the country, another part of the world, there are folks that live in the community that have attended our church one, two, three, four, maybe times. They don't come all that often, but they come. But whenever folks come in from out of town and they're concerned about their unsaved relatives, you know where they bring them? They bring them to the Park City Baptist Church (laughs) because they don't take them to their own church. I don't know why, but maybe I do. They come to a church where they know they're going to have the Bible opened up. They know the Bible's going to be preached. They know that the gospel's going to be given. They know that there's going to be a time to respond. They know that there's an altar open. They know that there's people uh, working those altars that know how to lead someone to Christ and give them the gospel. That's the way it ought to be. 
Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Something wrong with that picture. I mean, Jesus died for the church. Jesus established the church. Now he's on the outside knocking because his word is not uplifted. Thank God you uplift the word of God here at Bethel Baptist Church. Outside knocking because salvation is not promoted. And then look at the verse again, please. Look at verse number 18. And it says down, partway down through the verse, that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And then look at this. And anoint thy eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. Here he's talking about this matter of seeing all things clearly. We live in a day, I think, and uh, yes, I'm, I'm being a bit unkind uh, perhaps to religion. But we live in a day and time when the truth is not made known to folks when they go down to the local church. I'm not talking about this church. I thank you for that. And you keep the heat on. And you keep the truth out there. But you know, we need to, we need to show folks that this, uh, that this life is only temporary. We need, to, we need folks to understand. We need to show this lost and dying population that we're all sinners. That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Don't gloss over it. Don't uh, come to church and say, well, you come down to our church and take in a service and we'll make you feel good. And you'll, you'll maybe feel good for the rest of the week. Feel good won't take you to heaven. Amen? The eyes need to be opened. We need to understand our condition. It's sinful. We need to understand the, uh, the consequences of our sinfulness. That's hell. We need to understand our position. Our position in Jesus Christ, my soul, once I get saved, I'm a child of the king, amen? I have hope. I have a future. The best of my days are ahead of me because I'm a child of the king. No, I don't deserve it. But thank God I accept it because of that time when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior. I repented of my sins and invited him into my heart. I opened the door so he could come in and now I have a blessed life. I have the best of this life and the best is yet to come. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see, the Bible has the answer, and the Bible is the answer this morning. When nothing else works, the Bible's the answer. This book we call the Bible is for all generation, for all time. Thy word, O Lord, is settled forever in heaven. Get your eyes open. See all things clearly. Sometimes we, uh, we relate to the Apostle Paul when he, uh, when he said these words. He said, because I tell you the truth, am I your enemy? I know sometimes we, uh, uh, we experience that. We tell someone the fact that they're, they're a sinner. They don't like that. But the truth is, and I think I said it last night, everybody needs someone to tell them what they won't tell themselves. That we're sinners without hope, but thanks be to God, Jesus Christ came and died and rose again, according to the scriptures. So we see this matter here. Behold, I stand at the door and knock is for the unsaved. He's knocking at your heart's door today. If you're here, you've never accepted him. He's knocking at your heart's door saying, can I come in? Can I come in? Can I come in? At the church, he's knocking at the door outside. That's not right. There's something wrong there. Something else, though. This is also a, uh, I can make a dispensational application, if you will, a point in time. See, from the, from the time that Jesus started the church some 2,000 years ago, you can lay a, a pattern down like a plan and see that what age we are in. I believe, I believe we're in the Laodicean age. Now, no man can predict. No man can, can predict the second coming of Christ. But we look around, we see church, oh, churches all over the place, so-called churches. 
But the truth is, all the trappings, all the fun, I mean, all the, uh, uh, all the entertainment and all the anticipation and all the, all the, uh, the, the grandiose activities, but where's Jesus in it all? His coming has to be close. Amen. And then something else this morning I get from this, and that is this. The uh, devotional aspect or application, if you will. Jesus Christ, I believe today, is saying to you, I mean you, not to the person to the left or the person to the right, not to the person in front of you or the person behind you, but he's saying to you, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I know you have a calendar. I know you have an app on your phone that tells you what to do. I know you, uh, I know you have a day minder. I know you have uh, uh, a message reminder. But do you have me on there? Huh? Do you have me on there? Where's, where's time for me? Uh, I, I stand at the door and knock. I, I, would like to, I would like to be with you today. I'd like to spend time with you today. I'd like to communicate with you today. I'd like, I'd like your undivided attention today. That's hard, isn't it? We live in a day when, when our mind is continually grabbed by something, especially in this day of social media and so on. But friend, Jesus Christ, I believe, is knocking at our heart's door today and saying, what about me? What about me? What about me early in the morning? What about me late at night? What about me in the noonday? Again, we used, to, we used to sing the chorus of the little kids. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime. And it is all about him, amen? So he's knocking at your heart's door today. Yes, you're a Christian. Yes, you're a Bible believer. Yes, you're a worshiper of God. Yes, you believe in salvation by grace through faith. Yes, you believe in the second coming of Christ. Yes, you know you have a mansion in heaven. All that's settled. But you know sometimes how we, we get busy? I think sometimes I, uh, this is brought home to me as a lesson as I'm sitting, I'm sitting at the uh, table out on the patio having a cup of coffee and I'm reading the newspaper. Yes, I still read the newspaper. And uh, not many people do, but I still like the, I like the funnies. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm sitting there and my wife comes out and she has her coffee and she sits down and she doesn't have any newspaper or any reading material. And she said, I just want to spend some time with you. And I'm sitting there with my face stuck in the newspaper. And uh, I, sort of, I sort of catch her out of the corner of my eye. She's just looking at me. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm not really spending time with her. She's there. She's drinking the coffee. And she's enjoying the patio and the outdoors. But I'm enjoying, I guess, well, not really, but I'm looking at the newspaper. I'm not paying her any attention. I put the thing down. And I sit there. And I look at her. 45 years now we've been married. And I enjoy looking at her and sitting there and fellowshipping with her and enjoying her company as much as I've ever done. Matter of fact, I think I enjoy it more now than I did back in the day. I, when, I, when we first met, started dating and first got married, I thought I really loved her. Now I know I really love her. Because, why? Because I've devoted my life to her. My focus is her in my life as my wife and the mother of my children. And I think Jesus is saying today, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Why do you think we have songs like, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. I need that. I need, in day of trouble, I need somebody to tell me 
I'll walk with you. I need somebody. Hey, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. I need him. I need him. He is at your heart's door every day wanting fellowship. But he will not force himself in. He politely knocks. I know this because of the cross. Because he went to the cross for you and for me, we now have an opportunity that is unhindered, unbroken, unfettered to fellowship with him. What about it, dear friend? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. For the unbeliever, for a person that's outside Christ, you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. He is knocking on your heart's door. For the church that has drifted away, that's why it's so important to stay by the stuff. Walk the straight path. The word of God must be involved. Salvation must be involved. Letting all men see things clearly must be involved because the Bible says that Satan blinded the minds of those who do not see. We have to somehow get that somebody gave you the truth. You must pass that on to somebody else. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. There's a Savior who stands at the door of your heart. He is longing to enter. Why let him depart? He has patiently called you so often before, but you must open the door. You must open the door. You must open the door. When Jesus comes in, he will save you from sin, but you must open the door. He has come from the Father, salvation to bring. And his name is called Jesus, Redeemer and King. To save you and keep you, he pleads evermore, but you must open the door. You must open the door. You must open the door. To save you and keep you, he pleads evermore, and you must open the door. He will lead you at last to that blessed abode, to the city of God at the end of the road where the night never falls, where the journey is o'er, but you must open the door. What about it, dear Christian? It's between you and God, not my business, no one else's business. But today, already, this day, this very special day, have you spent time with the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, him and him alone is your focus. Dear Lord, you're everything to me. Dear Lord, your will must be my desire. Dear Lord, all else aside, what do you have for me today? Where do you have for me to go today? What can I do for you today? Verse in the psalm says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings as eagles. When it speaks about waiting on the Lord, it's not like waiting for a, waiting at a bus stop downtown, waiting for a bus, but it's like a waiter with a towel over his arm standing before the folks there and saying, What can I do for you? What can I do for you? This morning, I ask you this question in closing. When's the last time you've been before the Lord Jesus Christ? And you said, Lord, what can I do for you today? He's knocking at your door. I know sometimes, if you're like me, there's been people knocking my door that I didn't want to open the door. I've looked out and I've seen, I said, oh, I'm not, I'm not opening the door. I know who they are. But when he knocks, we need to open the door. If any man hear my voice, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. For salvation, he knocks on your heart's door. For service, he knocks on your heart's door. For separation, he knocks on your heart's door. 
For sanctification, he knocks on your heart's door. For the sanctuary, he knocks on your heart's door. Will you let him come in? Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, this morning again, I thank you for your word. Lord, your word is everything to us and everything to the local church. And I pray, dear God, that you would keep your hand of protection upon this local assembly, upon this church, the Bethel Baptist Church. And Lord, it it will never be said, as long as you tarry your coming, it will never be said, they put aside the Bible. They put aside soul winning. They put aside telling the truth. Oh, dear God, I pray that the work would only be strengthened under the leadership of the pastor and and good folks of this church. And, uh, dear God, that they would march on triumphant and and continue to make a lasting effect in this community that Jesus Christ may be lifted up and honored and glorified simply because a group of people opened the door and let him into their lives. And now the work continues on. Oh, God, I pray it be so. In Jesus' name, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'll ask the pastor to carry the service.